RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Police say they suspect a contractor made false declarations about the weight of equipment used at the Mirror concert where two dancers were injured in July. The mainland eases some of its COVID restrictions, including the shortening of quarantine. And the Hang Seng Index celebrates the news by jumping 7.7%. Police say they suspect a contractor made false declarations about the weight of the sound and light equipment used at a concert by the boy band Mirror in July, ahead of the accident that injured two dancers. A giant video screen crashed onto the stage at the Coliseum in Hong Ham. Chief Inspector Eddie Chow says there's also evidence that a subcontractor failed to follow up on operational issues from rehearsals for the show. From the CCTV of the Hong Kong Coliseum, uh, we find that uh, some staff of the Pinglong, the contractor, has adjusted the LED panel. After that, we do not find any evidence that the company has arranged any authorised person or uh, engineer to inspect or check the LED panel. Police arrested five senior staff of the contractors this morning on suspicion of fraud and allowing objects to fall from a height. Meanwhile, the Culture Secretary Kevin Young says it's clear the company that hired the venue for the Mirror Concerts violated the lease by providing the Leisure and Cultural Services Department with misleading information. Speaking at a briefing on the findings of an inquiry into the accident, Mr Young sidestepped questions on whether the government was responsible for ensuring the information provided was accurate. But he says officials are planning to make changes. At present, the hirer has to employ a qualified person to certify that the installation and safe and sound. In our recommendation, we will study the feasibility of having an independent audit of that system on a selective basis. So we are creating an extra checking on a selective basis to ensure that the, all the work are fully complied with. That's the idea of this proposal. But we will discuss further with the trade to work out the details. The Labour Minister, Chris Sun, says the authorities may take legal action against the company that hired the dancers for failing to report work injuries and buy insurance. Mainland authorities have relaxed some COVID-19 restrictions, including shortening quarantine for inbound travellers. Here's Priscilla Ng. The loosening of the rules came a day after the Politburo Standing Committee pledged to stick unswervingly to the zero-COVID policy. Under the new rules, centralized quarantine times for close contacts and travelers from abroad were shortened from seven days to five days, while the requirement for three further days in home isolation remains. Inbound arrivals will still be required to undergo six nucleic acid tests and will not be allowed to freely set foot outside during those eight days. Meanwhile, a so-called circuit breaker mechanism on inbound flights would be abolished, bringing an end to a policy that saw the closures of flight routes if a certain proportion of passengers tested positive for the virus. Authorities will stop trying to identify secondary contacts, those who may have come into contact with people who recently passed near infected people, while still identifying close contacts. Stock markets here on the mainland and around Asia have rallied on the news of China's easing of COVID restrictions. The Hang Seng Index soared more than 1,200 points, or 7.7%, to close at 17,325. Dickie Wong from Kingston Security says he believes the Hong Kong market has bottomed out. I do believe that this momentum will sustain throughout the next week. As we all know, the US CPI data rolled it out 
much lower than market expectations. So it gives a big boost to the uh, U.S. stock market. And as we all know, we understand the zero COVID policy will be the main policy uh, in mainland. But we do see some kind of sign that Chinese government may lose some of the strict restriction or the policy in the Hang Seng Index is still trading at a relatively low valuation. So in terms of the market sentiment that has been improving quite significantly in the past weeks, I guess um, the Hong Kong stock market already found its bottom uh, two weeks ago and uh, will stabilise in the next week. To the weather forecast, mainly fine but with cloudy periods in the morning. It'll be hot tomorrow with a top temperature of about 28 degrees and moderate easterly winds fresh offshore tomorrow morning. The outlook mainly fine in the next few days and it'll be hot again on Sunday, cloudier by midweek. Currently the observatory, the temperature is 24 degrees Celsius, the relative humidity 82%. You're listening to RTHK, the time is now 5 minutes past 11. The government says elderly people living in care homes will be able to go out on organised trips from Monday, while a rule that they can only receive one visitor at a time will be lifted. They'll have to travel in groups with dedicated transport and will only be able to engage in activities where masks have to be worn. The Social Welfare Department says the changes are possible because most care home residents have now been vaccinated and the activities are good for their well-being. The Health Secretary Lo Chung Mao has revealed that the government's plan to require medics to spend time in the public sector will cover all doctors, nurses and dentists. The idea was put forward by the chief executive in his policy address last month as a means to alleviate a manpower shortage in public hospitals. Joanne Wong reports. The health minister told lawmakers that the arrangement provides good training for young doctors as they'd be able to deal with more cases in the public system. But he made clear that it's not just young medics who will be affected. This plan is not limited to specialists. It can also include dentists, nurses and others. But we will discuss with different professionals on what they need. Members of LegCo's panel on health services also discussed the government's epidemic response, a day after officials announced an end to vaccine pass checks at some venues. New People's Party lawmaker Regina Ibb described the recent dialing back of COVID restrictions as confusing. I think they're very complicated, she said, adding that it took her a long time to read the press release. Mrs. Ibb said ordinary residents would also find them very complicated. Her views were shared by Election Committee legislator Doreen Kong. She also questioned whether the degree of easing is enough to help people resume their normal life or revive the economy. Ms. Kong asked the government to explain more clearly why it still considered COVID to be a public health emergency when the number of deaths and hospital admissions are low. The biggest criterion is, will it cause mass death or serious disability? From what we can see now, compared to January and February, there's a huge gap. If we call the current situation a public health emergency, what was the situation back in January and February? Professor Lowe, for his part, explained that the government does not want to recklessly remove all restrictions just to have to reintroduce them when the pandemic worsens. 5,599 new COVID infections were confirmed today, 398 of them imported. Ten more patients with COVID have died. 
The Chief Justice has cautioned against taking the rule of law for granted, saying there's a need to impart values such as lawfulness and fair-mindedness to future generations. Speaking at an event for the SAR's Legal Week, Andrew Chung said the concept of rule of law could be misinterpreted and young people needed legal education to ensure they could enjoy the benefits of rule of law. Justice Chung also said the concept would have to keep up with the times. The importance of the rule of law continuing to develop is critical in ensuring that the developing needs of society are met, particularly as relates to access to justice by society at large. Failings to meet this demand could lead to disillusionment with the rule of law, and it is of critical importance to the future that the support of the next generation for the rule of law is enlisted. The government has downgraded its GDP forecast for this year, predicting a contraction of 3.2%. It had expected the SAR's economy to end the year between half a percent smaller and half a percent larger. The review came as the administration confirmed that the economy shrank by 4.5% year-on-year for the third quarter. Adolf Leung is the government economist. The worsened external environments and continued disruptions to cross-boundary land cargo flows dealt a serious blow to Hong Kong's exports. Tightened financial conditions resulting from sharp interest rate hikes by major central banks weighed heavily on domestic demand. Though the generally stable epidemic situation improved labor market conditions and the disbursement of consumption vouchers in August rendered support to private consumption. However, officials expect full-year inflation to remain below 2%, citing mild cost pressures domestically. Turning overseas, President Biden is due to address the United Nations Climate Summit in Egypt shortly. He's expected to tell the meeting in Sharm el-Sheikh that the United States is taking significant action to help keep the rising global temperatures below 1.5 degrees Celsius. Here's the BBC's Matt McGrath. President Biden will fly to this UN summit in a relatively good mood. The midterm elections were not a disaster for his party, which means his key piece of climate legislation, the Inflation Reduction Act, is relatively safe. However, the latest scientific snapshot on warming released here in Egypt may darken the president's humour. The Global Carbon Project finds that emissions in 2022 will remain at record levels, with a rebound in aviation after COVID lockdowns a key factor. More significantly, the researchers say that at current rates, the world will have a 50% chance of permanently crossing the 1.5 degree threshold in just nine years. Leaders of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations have agreed in principle to allow East Timor to join the bloc at a meeting in the Cambodian capital Phnom Penh. The region's youngest nation applied for membership more than 10 years ago. The BBC's Abigail Maudsley reports. ASEAN leaders have granted East Timor observer status and the right to attend top-level meetings while a roadmap to full membership is drawn up. This plan is to be submitted at next year's summit, and it's not clear how long the journey will take. Despite being rich in natural resources, East Timor remains one of the poorest countries in Asia. After more than 200 years as a Portuguese colony, it was invaded by neighbouring Indonesia in 1975. After enduring a brutal occupation, the half-island nation finally gained independence just 20 years ago, in 2002. France and Italy have exchanged insults about who should take in the thousands of migrants crossing the Mediterranean. The Italian government initially refused to allow four recent boats carrying migrants to dock. 
France has accepted one of the vessels and described Italy's behaviour as inhumane. Italy's Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney said the French comments were aggressive. The BBC's Mark Lowen explains. Giorgia Maloney said in this press conference today that France has only accepted 117 migrants relocated from Italy to France this year and that the migrant relocation program is simply not working. The numbers are staggeringly low compared to what Italy has accepted. Now, France has said that because of Italy's refusal to allow this migrant boat to dock here and what happened afterwards, it is now suspending an agreement to take in 3,500 migrants from Italy as part of that relocation deal. Back locally, the organisers of Clock and Flap say revellers will be able to eat and drink at the Central Harbour Front venue when the festival returns in March for the first time since 2018. The event, which usually takes place in November, was called off first because of the protests and then because of Covid. Kinney Barlow, head of partnerships at organiser Magnetic Asia, told RTHK's Backchat programme some restrictions might still be in place. I guess we are in a better position in terms of you know the pandemic or epidemic concern and also having a very successful rugby sevens as well so yes we we allowed to have the normal free movement format at the festival and we will also be allowed to, to provide fmb for the audience as well but of course since we're still under certain restrictions so we will do our best and work with the government to make it as close to the normal clock and flood experience as we can. In sports, the last Premier League matches before the World Cup are being played this weekend. Here's the BBC's Sani Radrabajala with the details. So it's the final round in the Premier League before the World Cup and it starts with champions Manchester City hosting Brentford. City have rotated but still got results in all competitions. Ivan Tony missed out an England selection. He'll lead Brentford's line with a point to prove. Table-topping Arsenal go to second bottom Wolves and Mikel Arteta's side show great maturity in winning at Chelsea in their last Premier League outing. They also have the best defensive record along with Newcastle United who are third and playing with a swagger emphasised by Miguel Almiron 7 in seven league games. They host Chelsea who have only won one of the last five in the Premier League. Southampton have a new boss in Nathan Jones. They go to Liverpool in eighth who are hoping to build on Mohamed Salah's double that helped them to a 2-1 win over Tottenham. As for Spurs, they face a resurgent Leeds United looking for three wins in a row and Tottenham boss Antonio Conte is under some pressure but a win could move them up to third. And we end with a trip to London as Fulham welcome Manchester United to the capital. The home side may be without Alexander Mitrovic up front but for United, Marcus Rashford's form has earned him an England recall. But like every Qatar-bound star, he'll be hoping to avoid any injury ahead of the World Cup. And a reminder of our top story tonight. Police say they suspect a contractor made false declarations about the weight of equipment used at the Mirror concert where two dancers were injured in July. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time out of the mist your voice is calling, tis twilight time. When purple-colored curtains mark the end of day, I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time. 
through in Hong Kong. We've managed to get to the end of the week. Saturday literally minutes away. And thanks for tuning in to Twilight Time Music to relax to for the next 45 minutes and music from a bygone era. If you'd like a song, it's radiopete at gmail. But the first one also being a request, this is for Gary in Calgary, a song from Pat Boone. Share a kiss. 